Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. Today's interview is with a filmmaker by the name of Pietro Brett Kelly. She is a, uh, uh, a wonderful person to hang out with in Toronto and talk about her uh, documentarian-like uh, ways. Uh, she's a director and a producer, and she is the director of this year's film, uh, A Flickering Truth, that, that was uh, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. We had a wonderful time. Uh, we had a wonderful conversation about, about memory and about gender disparity. We talked about Afghanistan and about history and that's what this film is about. The cinematography by the way is utterly brilliant uh, and, and, and the story and, and how it came to be is really quite fascinating. So I hope you take the time not only to, to listen to the interview today, I think you'll be challenged and compelled and affirmed and encouraged on a whole lot of levels but I really do want to, to encourage you to get out and see the film A Flickering Truth as soon as you can. Uh, it should be available soon. Uh, I'm hoping it's going to be going to wide release. Um, it's called A Flickering Truth. Make sure you get it on your to-do list. Well, welcome to Face to Face, and we are joined uh, here by another very special guest, and I know I say that all the time, but I always feel that way. Uh, Petra Brett-Kelly, she's a director from New Zealand here in Toronto for the... North American North premiere. Ameri yes, it had its world premiere at Venice Film Festival last week. And the film is A Flickering Truth. Thank you uh, for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, uh, for, so some of my listeners right out of the gate will know A Flickering Truth probably appealed to me on a f philosophical level, just the whole idea of, of not quite being able to, to get it, to grasp it, what the heck is it really all about. Let's provide a tiny bit of context for the listeners because they probably haven't seen the film yet. And I'm encouraging everyone to do that, by the way. Uh, premiered at the 40th anniversary of TIFF, which is pretty exciting. I love the film. Thank you. Um, it's lush. It's, it's interesting. It's a great and an important film. I often try to make that distinction. Yeah. But um, 
and it's about Afghanistan, but it's about so much more than that. Mm. So t tell mm. us, tell us what it's about. Yeah, it's you know, in a nutshell, it's about uh, the refinding of eight thousand hours of films in a couple of sheds in Kabul. And essentially they are the filmic history of Afghanistan of the last hundred years. Um, they were a drama and documentary, uncut footage, unprocessed footage. And they, through decades of conflict, the Taliban, poor conditions, no power, no proper storage, they have disintegrated, been burnt, you know, dissolved into the ground. Uh, and a new director arrives to try and save them all and I lucked into sort of arriving pretty soon after him. Uh, and he said to me, let's discover them together. And so I filmed for two and a half years. So it was kind of a, a coincidence that to do Completely. Oh, come on. So yeah. Now that's even crazier. The luck of the Irish. Love that stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. But and I that's, is that Ibrahim? Yes, that, uh, yeah. yes. So I was Who's in, quite the character in the film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had me cracking up a couple of times. Yeah, the yeah. dictator. Uh, yes, um, yes. But, yeah, I, I was in Afghanistan in 2006 doing a quite separate film, and I knew it was a place I wanted to come back to. And so I got a grant to return in 2012. And I was sort of interested in what, what had people like me been doing for decades you know, during the mm, upheaval in, in sure. the country. Because being a creative, the ideas don't stop, do they? Right. So how do you, you know, what do you do with those ideas? What, how, were they, did they still create films? What was happening? And I heard about this mythical place, these sheds with films, but nobody really knew what was in them. They said to me, you're never going to get access. It's, you know, like a lot of Afghanistan, very corrupt. You'll need $10,000 to get in. Just to get in the yeah. door. Yeah. And, I'm and they so really are sheds. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the images that the, the start of the film, the images are just, by the way, which reminded me of 9-11 a little bit. I don't right. know if you've had anyone say that before, but no, the, just the, the images, the light coming the color, in through the bullet holes, yeah. the, the colors, the, the, yeah. the dust. Yeah, yeah, the absolutely. The dust, it's just remarkable the, what, yeah. what, what the, this task. Yes, yes. And just, just, just covering that, you know, for me, Afghanistan, I feel it and I taste it. It's a very, tac very tactile place for me. It's dusty, it's hot, it's extreme cold. And then in the archive, as you say, there's dust and, you know, this, you're treading on film, you're breathing in film. And so I really wanted that to be in my images. And so when I first went there and I said to my DOP, Jake, I said, this is what I, this, I, I want the contemporary footage and the archive to all flow from one to the other. I don't want it to be, here's bright, you know, today and here's dusty old tomorrow, you know, yesterday rather. And so he went away and did some research and literally found two, piece, two lenses, two pieces of glass, 70 years old, that some granddad had died and the family were clearing out the shed and they put them on eBay and he grabbed them. And so we shot the whole film on these two old wow. pieces of glass. Wow, see that's amazing. Mm. I get goosebumps over mm. stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I mean the, the, the collaborative coincidence of this as well to me is just utterly miraculous and on, on a certain level. And you must marvel at that. It, oh I do. And so when, you know, because in my career I, I you know, mostly do overseas films away from New Zealand and people often, you know, I am challenged a lot of, you know, what right do you have to tell this story? And I use that word right, some people say it harshly and some people are not, they're just interested in why I'm interested in telling this story. But I think, you know, when you line up the coincidences, as you say, of me making this film, there's some kind of selection process went into it of maybe it's 
because I'm a woman, because I'm a foreigner, and because I'm really dr driven and, uh, you know, some might say a bit pushy, but maybe that's that I was meant to tell this story, you know, and that's, you know, I don't wish to make myself out to be something grander than I am, but I do believe that sometimes I think that was too easy for me to come upon this story. What's the what's the universe sort a of telling me? Disturbance in the force. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of some kind. Yes. In yes, the best yes, sense yes. of the word. Yes. Um, as a documentarian, what what question or questions were you kind of bringing? to the lens, bringing to the pr production. And I'm also interested in how they might have changed. I'm sure mm. they are continuing to, even on uh, further viewings mm. and conversation and so on. I think the big thing for me with all my films is identity. Hmm. What does what does what what is identity? What does it mean to the individual and to the collective? Um, and for Afghanistan, my question through in making the film was, how can a country like this move forward without knowing its past? And, you know, arguably, film is the greatest vessel of our history in the last 100 years. Um, so it captures our past. And if Afghanistan loses that, then what does it have in a country with over 70% illiteracy levels? So it's, it's either they hear or they see, this, you know, or, to, or, you know, share the storytelling by telling each other them. But if they lose that, then what are they referencing? And also in such a complex country of tri you know tribal country that speaks a number of languages, mm -hmm. how are they going to understand each other and and progress beyond being a um, occupied country, which they have been to varying degrees for a long time? I think one of the things that uh, really bubbled to the surface for me pretty quickly is that this was just this was I mean to talk about identity. This is a film about memory, mm. you know. Um, and uh, I have a, a friend whose who's, uh, mother has Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And that whole idea of, of losing one's memory and losing one's self, or at least one's sense of self, yeah. right? And, and, you know, Ibrahim, the mm. guy who's directing this whole crazy, nutty project of, mm. of, of, of saving these and archiving these films, talks about that. Yeah. We, basically, we, he, he, I, I don't know if this is a direct quote, but we need to remember. We need to yeah. remember our cultural heritage. We can't be Russian. We can't be American. We must be ourselves, is essentially what he says. You know, we've got to move on from these other countries that have moved in on us and tried to change us and tried to occupy us and force us in one way or the other. New Zealand was a part of that. We were one of the countries that, you know, in the last 13 years have been there. So I take some responsibility for that too. And yeah, he was like, we have to be ourselves. We can't be Pakistan. We can't be, you know, Iran. <laughs> We've got to be, you know, our own selves and our own identity. And it is a very rich culture, an incredibly rich I, culture. I but, um, you know, but it's... Sort of Such a tragic past too. Incredibly. I mean, in a sense, I suppose the human race has a tragic tragic kind of beautiful past, I suppose, mm. right? Because in your film, I think you see that pain. Uh, you see the anger and the hatred and the racism and all the, and the sexism and mm. the violence and all these things. But you also see this incredible beauty mm. that there are people, you know, 
uh, Isaac, who I can't wait for the viewers out there to see this man, mm. Uncle Isaac, as yeah. Abraham calls him, who's lived at the archive yeah. for over 30 years. Yeah, that's which right. Which is a, is a podcast interview on itself, yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. But the, the, the lo it's a love story. Yeah. It's a love it story. It is, it is. And through the course of the two and a half years that I filmed, you initially, you know, Arafi, Ibrahim Arafi, he arrived with gusto and, you know, these European <laughs> sensibilities and I'm going to do it this way and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he was kind of like, what is this old man living here? In, yes. in these offices for and then to you hell see with those who are careless exactly direct quote, yeah right? yeah and then over the course of the film you know and when sadly isaac dies he says isaac was the archive was the archive yeah he was the memory yeah in so a then sense. he acknowledged the importance of, of him so i want to talk about the humanity of that in a second but i also but before we go further can you tell me about the title because you're a documentarian i mean isn't the hmm. film about the truth and yet you're flickering truth? Oh, I think, you know, it's naive for any documentarian to say that they are reflecting truth. The minute that I turn up with a camera, I've changed truth in it. In it. And that's why I'm always very clear, I have my name very clearly at the front of my films, because this is my perspective, and mm. this is my truth and my memory of mm -hmm. what happened over my period of, of filming. And I don't ever want to pretend that this is the absolute which I think, you know, some people do. They go, oh, no, I have reflected the truth. Well, no. My, it doesn't, it's my truth. There's a great shot at the end of the film of a young woman who's watching. Mm. So we culminate in this film festival, mm. the mobile, Afghan films mobile cinema, which <laughs> yeah. cracks me up. Yeah. Can't wait to see the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, oh, and the footage, by the way, on that little mini road trip of a film on the way out to sort of the first, yeah. uh, is wonderful, yeah. awesome, wonderful. Having traveled a lot, it just yeah. took me back, right? Yeah, in so many great. Ways. But you kind of capture this young woman's face and you really hold on her. Mm. And she slowly, she doesn't quite smile. Mm. We're watching these 50-year-old films mm. of what appear to be very liberated, empowered women mm. in a culture that was in line with ours in almost every way, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, from exactly. a from a From a sexist or non-sexist perspective. Yeah. And most women in the room have their faces covered. This yep. young woman doesn't. And yep. she kind of notices you yeah. and almost smiles. Do you know that I wrote that shot... When, when I first, you know, found the film and I wrote a script and I always write the scenes I hope will happen. And Is that yeah, right? Yeah. What and a brilliant little insight yeah, for future filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. Also, for future filmmakers, it's also a really interesting task. I was made to do it on a previous film that I workshopped through the Binger Film Lab in Amsterdam. One of our tutors said, I want you all to write down the scene you dread will happen in your film, but you hope will happen. Hmm. And that's kind of a ghastly thing that, that, that documentarians hmm. prey on, is of course we need drama, and sadly drama is often something tragic will happen, right? But anyway, so you write all those scenes down. And I wrote this scene about a young girl, because I wanted to reflect, you know, what I ho hope is some level of hope really, empowerment mm -hmm. that, you know, that women will come to a better place in Afghanistan. I love uh, Uncle Isaac's line, I have hope, how could I not? Yeah. And yet, you know, so many people don't, it seems. Or yeah. at least, you know, we live, um, we live in a, pr I think, you know, you don't have to watch television for too long, even a sitcom, to realize we live in a pretty cynical age. Absolutely, it seems to me. yeah. And so, to, you know, to find this character who, 
never got married, never had children, was really, really ill, the, you know. The story about the rocks I know, on the heads. I know, I know. Is... <laughs> and they did it for years. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, these girls threw rocks at him <laughs> trying to attract his attention. <laughs> but he didn't have parents to set up a mm. marriage, so mm -hmm. it never happened. And, you know, and then he lived for 32 years in those rooms waiting for somebody to come and save these films, his, his family, as he calls them. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. And yet he still re retained a positivity about life, about humanity, and about, you know, yeah, he, he was, a, you know, that's why I feel incredibly tearful whenever I think of him, because he was one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. Mm. Yeah, yeah that, that really comes through in the film. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is it really comes through immediately. Mm. Right, mm. almost on the the face when He's you see this man. He's my first shot. He's my yeah. Is he here for shy Well, the, the, there's the exterior of correct of, of yes. Kabul, yes. and then him walking That's up the right. stairs and opening the door and basically op opening the world. Yeah, the hunchback and so yeah. on, and the, you Shuffling. you see the you see the years, you see some of the history. Yeah, it seems to me the yeah. harshness of Absolutely. the history. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I read on your your website in, in, or somewhere on a bio that you you I think you refer to yourself as a as, as, as a non judgmental filmmaker mm. or something along mm. those lines. Try um, to be. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, but the lens changes things. The moment you know yeah. the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, are you critiquing the violence? Are you critiquing? The Western influence, uh, you know, you look back, you, you, you know, a hundred years the camera has been in Afghanistan, according yeah. to Abraham. Yeah. Um, did you feel any of that, any contempt, or how do you, can you treat women like this? Mm. You know, this kind of, like, mm. did that come out for you at all? Mm. In, in the it's definitely there, you know, it, it, it's in society, of course, and, and in the friends I've made there, and I hear their stories and their reflections. Um, it's, it was really hard for me not to be more strident with my views in a film like this, but I've always got to remember that I come from very, you know, privileged, white, first world, I've got three passports, I can right. escape, you know, yes. I can leave at a moment's notice, I have the money and the, and the, and the possibilities. So for, for me to arrogantly make claims, I mean, I definitely hope that the film you know, I hope it's a little subversive and kind of goes, you know, women should be appreciated. Here's a woman filmmaker telling the story. Here's some women that were more empowered in your past. And this is where they should be. And the fact that I did, you know, focus on that young woman watching the films was really important for me to show, you know, the power of the film going to somebody like her and how she received it. She received it with wonder and glee, didn't she? Well, she she did, and I re the 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 expression on her face is absolutely beautiful, yeah. and it's real, yeah. right? It's, yeah. It doesn't look like the camera is affecting the no. scene. Who who am I to say? How can you say what's going on in her you know yeah. heart, mind, and soul, and so on? But there's a there's a humanity there yeah. for me that's Completely. really really brilliant. Yeah. Um, you directed a film in two thousand and. Six called Beauty Will Save the World. Two thousand and eight, that came out at Sundance. So, oh no, Beauty Will Save the World was two thousand and three. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. So Dostoevsky quote, yes, I think it is. An yeah, old, it is. Uh, yeah. It is. But I didn't know that. It, that was the name of the beauty pageant, which is in <laughs> Libya. Yeah. Which you yeah. don't think of. So no. I do. A, I do a lot of um, work in Cambodia, and yeah. uh, I remember uh, first seeing um, a magazine based on a beauty pageant for women who had lost limbs. Okay. To landmines. Right. Miss wow. Landmine, it was called. In right. fact, I have a copy at home. And so you would see this picture of a woman, a beautiful woman in a dress, and it would say where the dress was from and how much. And then on the right hand side would say where the landmine was made. 
how oh, much gosh. the land might oh, cost. My gosh. Oh, how to get a shiver. Oh, very powerful. And oh. they've taken a lot of flack and heat over it and so on. Right. But yeah, um, anyway, so you don't think of, you know, necessarily think of beauty saving the world in Libya, not no. at least today. Yeah. Do you, th I mean, tell me about that. Tell me about the mystery and the wonder behind, you know, the, the eye of, of, the, of the filmmaker that is you, I guess. is. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm always attracted to the individual, mm. you know, and the fact that I go to, you know, and the film after that was The Art Star and the Sudanese Twins, which was largely shot in the Sudan. Um, you know, I'm attracted to people who are in uh, largely difficult situations. Mm and in countries that are going through conflict. So it's the it's the personal journey in a bigger context of a, you know, tricky situation that attracts me. Um, and, you know, and I'm interested in the resilience of the human spirit. And through all of them, it's about identity, definitely. And I think that comes back to the fact that uh, my father's family, I'm first generation New Zealander, my father's family arrived into New Zealand on the 1st of the 1st, 1950, on a flying airboat and from he had grown up in Bahrain hmm. and um, and my grandfather was a traveler who spent two years walking from California to Argentina when he was 20. Walking? Yeah. That's a long walk. Yeah. Yeah, it took him two years. <laughs> it's so a lot I, of granola bars. I know. Yeah. And uh, so I'm from a family of wanderers and, hmm. and, you know, and outward looking people and people that are interested in something beyond themselves and... Um, I think my my family is wonderful because they've all travelled a lot as well, but I think they are concerned that why can't I just find the person next door interesting for a wee while? Because, you know, Afghanistan, we were in some very tricky oh, situations. Oh, I bet, yeah. So, um, but, you know, that isn't, that isn't the way I'm interested in. So tell me about that too. I'm fascinated by that, this idea of beyond yourself, and, and it seems like it was part of your family history to some degree, yeah. conversations around the dinner table, this kind of thing. And yeah. I get that, how raising kids now and seeing what they're a part of and what they're even thinking about. But why for some and not for others? So you see Ibrahim in your film. Let's mm. bring it back to Ibrahim. That he says, to get anything done in Afghanistan, you've got to be a dictator. Right? Yeah. So he comes on strong at the yeah. beginning. But then you see, we see him humanized throughout mm. the film. Uh, and yet he's not there for himself. No. You get this sense of this arrogant kind of I'm in control guy, but mm. really this is about others. Mm. This is about my culture, my history, mm. my past, and communicating that to others. I think. Mm. So Absolutely. Where, does, where, does, where the heck does that come from? Yeah. And why don't more of us have that? Because we don't we don't come from countries that are in such upheaval. We think mm. the biggest thing is that is our government going to be left or right leaning. Right. Um, but he comes from a country where, you know, he was seeing it being destroyed as a young man and and then, you know, he went, he spent the last 20 years in Russia and, and living in Russia and Germany. Yeah, but he left his wife and two sons to go back to Afghanistan when he knew it was safe for him to go back and try and save these films. So I think, you know, if you come from somewhere that you really, really care about and you see it in such upheaval, I think... I would hope that a lot of us would probably try and strive harder to save that. Um, but also, he is middle class, so he has the opportunity to do that. I'm sure a lot of Afghans in the country would like to, but they just, you know, they're just surviving. Mm -hmm. They're just mm -hmm. getting bread, you know. Yeah, well, this is the, the whole idea of, and being a development guy, the whole idea of, I think, is really lost on us when we talk about 
economic distinctions and poverty in the West. Right. This yeah. idea of subsistence living. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're spending six, eight, ten, twelve hours a day getting water yeah. and cooking and 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 farming rice. Yeah. Right. Exactly. How the heck are you going to get yeah. anything else done? Yeah. Right. And um, so, so you know, for some people, the luxury of you're saving films, you know. Right, which is a deep irony, it yeah. seems to me, in this country. Yeah, and absolutely. Yet really fundamentally important. Yeah, and he he realised that actually these films need to get out to those people of the lower socioeconomic groups, because more than the middle class or the or the educated, because it's actually you know to create understanding and 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 uh, education across the country is is. More What's important. remarkable to me um, is that. The images we see of some of these women in 1965, and I think Ibrahim talks about them, none of them wearing headscarves. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Mini skirts and everything. Yeah, and yeah. the dances and the parties. And yeah. I think he actually appears as an actor in yeah, one of them, which does. is hysterical, yeah. by yeah. the way. Yeah, so funny. Um, and it's funny to watch him again talking about facial expressions yes. you know, while he's watching himself yeah. on, on and film. And he starts singing along. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, to think of. The, the the ups and downs wow talk about of an oversimplification but the 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 the, the contradictions the the history the violence and what this country must have gone through and mm. and then you show us images of kabul in mm. 19 I can't remember the year, mm -hmm. but it, the hell's been bombed out of it. Mm -hmm. Reminded oh, 90s, me of Dresden. Yeah. Reminded me of Aleppo currently yeah. in Syria. Just yeah. laid. Ninety-two, I think it was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So the Russians uh, are on the way out, and so yeah. on. Yeah. But it's just the mess is just beginning. Yeah, I know. So like the, you know, I, I just you know to to back to your point about memory and identity and what's been lost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting. I took you know part of my process is once I get to rough cut stage, which is basically you know you finish the edit in in a suite before you go and do the sound mix and the grade and pretty it up. I always take my film back to my subjects and show it to them. Not, it's very clear that they do not have any editorial control, but it's just in case I have done something that's culturally inappropriate, like put a photograph of a dead person where you're not supposed to show the dead person, for example. Sure. You know, um, that isn't the case with Af in Afghanistan, but it was the case on a previous film of mine. So, and also to prepare people because, you know, I've been filming for two and a half years and to condense that down into 90 minutes, it of course makes it a much more intense process and a lot of people get shocked about themselves and that's a nicer place than at a film festival for them to first see right. it, right? So I took it back last December and showed everybody and it was the most remarkable viewing because they were all there, all 74 of the people at the archive and the, the people from the Ministry of Information mm. and Culture and afterwards the guy, the, the, as, you know, the two I see of it, you know, the we would say the member for the information and culture, well, his two IC, came up to me and said, do you want to do a film on our museums? Because they need saving as well. And I was like, okay, this is, I am not responsible for, you know, trying to raise consciousness about, you know, the artifacts of Afghanistan. But, um, but mm. you know, it's many-fold there. Pretty you lovely, know. pretty affirming, though, yeah. on a whole other yeah. level, Oh, right? absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, there, there's all these other artefacts that have you know, been stored away and affected. Well, you know, the Buddhas of Bamiyan are gone. But, um, but you know, there is so much there that is, is kind of continues to disintegrate. And that's really do, sad. Do you think, do you think it's... Uh you know, and here, here I'm asking you, I guess, a political or an ideological question, I suppose, or a moral question. But do you think this is, is it, I mean, is it really fear? Is it oppression? Is it power? 
you know, you know, the Taliban talk about the Quran and about, uh, you know, why we want to destroy these films. And you've got these crazy scenes, you know, reminiscent of the Nazis burning books in Germany out mm -hmm. of piles mm -hmm. of film and computers and TVs. And I mm -hmm. think they even said it's not advancement or technology that we're afraid of, but it's, I don't know, my word, the the the, the demoralization. I guess mm -hmm. you could say. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just. Uh, I just can't, you know, you, you watch this kind of stuff and you go, really, do human beings really do this? And believe mm. me, I do know mm. that they do. Yeah. But it's just... It, it's all forms it, of control, though, isn't it? It sure seems to be. Yeah, that's all That's all I can see it Which is. comes down, in a way, don't you think, Richard, to a question of identity or mm. lack thereof? Mm. And, you know, and it is largely men. It's, it's, it's sort largely of... Largely men. You know, and it's sort of gang behaviour. Sadly. And, and it's thuggery. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think it's cultural, I don't think it's religious, and I don't think it's it's particular to developing countries or, or first world countries. I think it happens throughout, happens you know, everywhere. and it's ghastly and, and... That's a great word for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I find it just ignorance. It's complete ignorance, and nobody can justify any of that. It doesn't matter what you pull out or say, you know, you're being led by. None of it. None of it can be justified. There's a great uh, scene with uh, in the film with I think an actress who you're watching a film yes, about uh, mm. what a, what's going to be a pretty violent scene, mm. which I would think would have been pretty um, pushing the envelope at the time mm -hmm. in Afghanistan, mm -hmm. where a father's going going to murder his daughter yep. for some honor killing. Honor killing. Yeah. And she refers to this uh, this is an abominable practice still in our culture. Yeah. And there's a sense to me in which your film can humanize Af uh, Afghanis, I suppose, in a way that us over here, you mm. know, the West, the North, the Global North needs. Yeah. Not just Afghanistan, but many other cultures. Yeah. Too. Well, that was important to me that, that I sort of showed people beyond the news, mm. right? Because nice. I think certainly in New Zealand, all the news coverage of Afghanistan is uh, it's all soldiers, it's all people. Bombs going yeah, off, and, craziness, and fundamentalists suicides. And yeah. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. right? Yeah. And, and then uh, women in, in blue burqas. And there is, of course, so much more to the country than all of that. And I, that was really important for me to show that these are people just like us who want safety, who want their children to be educated, who want, you know, food at the end of the day. They want everything we want. Um, but, you know, through cause, you know, through birth, where they were born, like, you know, wherever they've ended up, it's it's a completely different situation. I think there's a, I think, you know, I want to, I'd love to chat more about your film, Beauty Will Save the World. Um, I, is there a, is there a, is there a, um, a sense, I guess, so will beauty save the world is my question back mm. to you, which I suppose you were sort of proposing to everybody through your film. Mm. But there's a beauty that comes out in this film about the country mm. as well. Yeah. There's a madness to it, without a doubt. You yeah. know, you've got this juxtaposition of the images and the storytelling and all that. But there is a humanity there that's mm. really quite remarkable. Mm. Absolutely. I don't think there can't be for a civilization to have, you know, continued as long as they have, as long as the Persian culture has. Um, right. You know, it's so rich and it's and it's you know been around for far longer than um, than mine. So, you know, it must have a sense of humanity into it. I don't think in my lifetime it's going to... I mean, for me, the important thing is, of course, for women to find a place. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime in mm. Afghanistan, sadly. Um, but there are some people there that are striving for it, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, in a small way the films getting out there will show, you know, as, as you've highlighted, some of the films that they have are just going to make people go, 
oh wait on okay so women wow, went to university right? women you know did all these things women didn't have to wear the blue burqa you know blah 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 so you create that greater understanding and and the humanity can come through and and will come through I what, what questions are you left with after this about what maybe what's next or about the limits of filmmaking and we've got to wrap it up here in a couple right, of minutes and it's right. always hard to sort of you go okay yeah. are we going to get the sound bite to yeah. just end it off here you know? <laughs> right no and pressure I'm not, no pressure no pressure at all but honestly <laughs> yeah. is because is, I would think as a, that's one one of the things that would draw me towards certainly draws me towards film is what am I going to a learn but what am I going to come out wondering about over the next few days what's going to resonate with me I think for me the big thing is to keep cynicism away from me. Because I nice. think we can, we can become, I can become, uh, you know, very caught up in all the horrors of the world and all the ghastly things that are happening and, and you know, just, and, and the lack of humanity mm. in some situations. Mm -hmm. But if I keep that away, then I will carry on making the films I want to make and, and recording the stories that I think are important for, for now and for the future. And, um, and that there is always hope, as Isak showed me. Okay, so there you go. That's, that's it. <laughs> Did I finish that's it nicely? It, that's it. Yes, we capped it off very nicely. And as I always pretty much say, I hope we can do a part two because I, I so feel like we've just scratched the yeah, surface. I really I'd do. Love to. And I, I think beauty will save the world. Yeah. Actually, I, yeah. I, I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> thank you so much for your time oh, today, for your you. generosity, for the film uh, yeah. Flickering Truth. It's world premiere at uh, Toronto International Film no, Festival. No, I had the world premiere. At oh, I'm sorry. North American. North American here. Whoops. Yeah. North American premiere and uh, wide release. Yeah, yeah. it's going Is everywhere. It? I think oh. it's at Vancouver Film Festival in Fantastic. a couple of weeks and. Uh, Rio next week, I think, and then Reykjavik and Warsaw, and it's, like, uh, it's, it's off and away. Well, it's an life. important film. Congratulations, thank and you. thank you very much for joining us today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.